0: Uh, we're in the book of Ephesians, and um, we've, we've been to chapter one, which talks about what Jesus Christ did when he saved you, in that he redeemed you and forgave you and gives you blessings. He talked about what God did in chapter one, and that God um, showered his blessing upon you, he um, adopted you, he chose you, he wanted you as his own. We talked about the Holy Spirit who helped you understand your need for salvation and continues to help you understand Principles of the word of God and he seals you. He makes sure that you're his own. We talked about chapter two where it talks about the idea that you are saved by grace through faith. You cannot earn your way to heaven. You cannot work your way to heaven. Um, The only way that you get to heaven is by putting your faith and trust in Christ. Because he is the one who paid for your salvation. He's the one who shed his blood. And that it is by his grace that he offered you salvation. And you and I have an obligation, if we uh, expect to live and see him past this world, to put our faith and trust in Christ alone. Um, We got to chapter 3, and Paul talked about this issue of, why do difficult things happen to Christians? And Paul uh, tries to answer the question that the Ephesian people had, and that was, how come Paul, who was trying to do what was right, who was trying to honor God, was imprisoned? (laughs) Why, why would God do that to somebody who's trying to serve him? And Paul writes in chapter 3 to help the people in Ephesus understand that God didn't do something to him. God did something for God's glory through Paul. And that Paul writes to them and says, you need to understand that, that what you see as a bad thing is really a good thing, and it's a good thing for you, and it's a good thing for the kingdom of God, and I'm okay with it. And ultimately, Paul would lose his life um uh, that's where this imprisonment ultimately ends then we got to chapter four and we start talking about the practical things for christian growth and paul basically said now because of what god's done in chapters one two and three because you're a christian you need to understand that god wants you to grow and mature and and develop as a believer and um He talked about the idea of what God did when he saved us and brought us together. And Paul spends a lot of time in chapter, beginning of chapter 4 talking about this thing called the church. Paul says, you're not Jews anymore. You're not Greeks anymore. You are a third category. This is a new thing. We call it the church. Paul refers to it as the body. And it's the idea of the body of Christ. And Paul uses a number of analogies to talk about what we have in common as Christians That's why we call each other brother and sister, because we're a family, because we're a unit. And so Paul has laid out in the first three chapters this idea that that you're a building. um, The church is a building. The church is a body. um, The church is an organism. It's a living thing. And so he's laid all that out. And now this morning we're going to make a shift. Now we're going to talk. Up until now, Paul has talked in chapter 4, he's talked about us as a group. Now Paul's going to talk about us as individuals. And we touched on this last week, and we're going to dive into it this week, where Paul said this. When you became a Christian, God showed his grace to you in two ways. First of all, he showed his grace to you in giving you salvation. You're a child of the king. You're a, chi- you're a part of the body of Christ. And secondly, God gave you a gift. And there is no Christian on this earth that God did not, not only did he give them salvation, but he gave them a gift. And yet, many Christians go their entire Christian experience never talking about or thinking about or looking at this idea of the gifts that God gave them. So, with that in mind, that's where we're going to dive into this morning. So, we're in Ephesians chapter Um, 4. Here's what it's going to say. Uh, The first part of it says this. Now, these things... Are gifts Christ gave to the church. So, first of all, let's understand they're sourced in Jesus Christ. Let's also understand that these are not talents. That's different. There's something supernatural about what we're talking about. This is something that God um, has given you that is that is beyond the norm. Okay? It's a not everybody has this. Um, but Yet, there are gifts that are given to the church, and at the end of this, we're going, to look at all, we're going to look at the whole group of them, and we're going to talk about them, and we're going to help you this week and the following weeks to follow, figure out what gift God has given you, okay? And that's ultimately where we're going with this. But this morning, what we want to talk about is, we want to talk about the gifts that he gives to the church. <clears throat> Depending on how you read, there are somewhere between 18 and 28 gifts mentioned in the New Testament that God gives to individuals. Um, Paul here lists four. I know it says, I know it reads five, but actually it's four. And I'll explain that when we get to the last one. But here's what he said. He, um, he talks about giving gifts to the church, the apostles. Um, this is a very unique gift that God gave to the church. When we deal with the apostles, we're dealing with the original apostles, the original disciples. Um, of course, minus Judas. Um, and we're dealing with Paul. And we're dealing with probably James, the brother of Jesus. Um, uh, These people were unique in that they helped lay the foundation of this thing we call the church. Uh, Many of them wrote books that we have in the New Testament. Many of them started churches. Um, There were a couple of requirements for someone to be an apostle. They needed to see a resurrected Christ. They needed to be appointed by God. And and, and we have that in those people that, that we talked about. I don't think today God has apostles. Uh, this was something that God did at the beginning in the early church because the Bible tells us they laid the foundation. Jesus Christ was the cornerstone. They laid the foundation. So the things that we believe and teach and practice, we go back to what they originally um, laid out for us. The second group is prophets. Um, you need to understand that in some of these categories, there is an element of it that is applicable and yet there's an element of it that is specific. Um, specifically, the idea of prophets was, you have to think about this now, when this passage is written, there is no formal New Testament Bible. Um, this is just a letter to churches. Um, if you had a copy of, of, of the Old Testament, okay, you wouldn't have it like you have it today. Um, it was on a scroll. It was incredibly expensive. Very few people had it. Um, because the only way to get a copy was to have it hand done. And they were meticulous about making sure there were no mistakes. So to have a scroll, to have a scroll of say Isaiah 53 or Genesis or something like that, it was normally they were kept in a synagogue, they were kept in a special case, they were kept in a special place, only a few people had access to them. So because of that, one of the things is how does God reveal himself to people? And so often he would use prophets in the old Testament. These were people who God would give them a word and they would then go and they would speak it to the people. And, um, many of them were hated because the message that they delivered were never popular messages. Uh, They were messages often of repentance and of change. And people didn't often like the prophets, so to speak. Um, Some people say, well, you know, is the gift of prophecy still here today? Um, I I don't believe so, because I I think we have enough revelation. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We have the Word of God. I I don't know that we need anything more than that. Um, But if you want to hang on to the idea that God has prophets today, here's what I suggest. Hold them to the Old Testament standard, which basically says this. They stand up and say they're a prophet, and they speak anything that doesn't come true, Kill them. That's how they dealt with false prophets. See? You you got to be wrong one time. Not, oops, I had a mistake there. No, no. If this is what God told them, I'm not saying go kill people. All right? But that was the Old Testament standard. The Old Testament standard was, if a prophet speaks and it doesn't come true, their life and their ministry as a prophet is done. You've got one shot at it. Okay? And like I say, you know, the prophets today, I hear them say, you know, well, this is going to come true and doesn't come true. Well, what I really meant was you didn't get that in the Old Testament. That wasn't the idea of a prophet. The, the idea of a prophet was he is speaking for God. And if you're speaking for God, you don't get it wrong. Um, and then it's the idea of evangelists. I think this is something that does exist today. These are people who have a unique ability to take the gospel and present it to people. I look at people like Billy Graham or Franklin Graham. They have this unique ability in the way that they speak to share the gospel and bring the gospel into a way that people can understand. Um, you should know the word evangelist here that's mentioned. Um, it's only used two other times in the New Testament as a noun. So the role, evangelist, is very, very specific. It's a very specific gift. Evangelism, or the idea of sharing Christ, is mentioned like in one case 50 some odd times, in another case 70 times, depending on the word that we're talking about. The idea is that we all have a responsibility to share Christ. But this idea of evangelism is something that is unique. We're going to talk a little bit more about it in a second. And then the other. This is actually one idea in the Greek language is pastor-teachers. Um, some people like to make it two separate gifts, pastors and teachers. And, and, and yet, really, the word's kind of one word, and we, they, they, they dive it up this way. Um, here's the idea. The idea from a pastor is the idea of a shepherd, somebody who takes care of people. Um, uh, that is a unique gift. Um, teacher is somebody who can take the word of God and 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 dissect it digest it put it all together and then present it in a way that makes it understandable to people um, I'll, I'll be honest I think this is a gift God has given me um, I think it's it's one of the gifts that God has given me I, yes I have a speech background but what what I do in speech and what I do as a pastor teacher is really really different Um, and it is something that because because honestly if you lived in my world it would just it would it would blow your mind Um, you know last night i'm getting ready to go to sleep and all of a sudden i thought i got it i know the illustration i can use now boom got up turned on my computer boom got it i'm all good there are times i've been here on a sunday morning i've called my wife and said hey i need you to go out into the shed and get this 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 and this um, and it's just a, it's a God thing, okay, I can't, it's not a thing you can prepare for, so I, I don't know how to explain it to you, but it just is, and, and I think that's a gift that God's given me, and I, I, it's something that comes from him, it's not something that's a natural talent, or, or that kind of thing, um, then he goes on to say this, and this is what's important, this is where we're going to get to in a second here, uh, go to the next passage here, guys, their responsibility, and this is the responsibility of all the gifts, is to equip God's people to do his work. So let's just focus on that word equip for a minute. It's a fascinating word. The idea of equip in the, in the Greek language had this idea. It had the idea of mending nets. So it was the idea of when you're when you pull in your nets and you find that they got caught on a rock and there's a big hole in them then, you equipped or you mended your nets. You fixed your nets. You got them back in working order again. Um, it was also used... Um, in the idea of uh, preparing a house, okay? So for instance, you know, we've spent the last two weeks preparing our property for people to come over. In the Greek language, we would have said this, I've spent the last two weeks equipping my house. Getting it fixed up. Oh, mow the lawn. That was the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, mowed the lawn. I weeded stuff. I, oh, and by the way, if you come over, uh, weeds took over my garden this year. So, if you see tomatoes that are red, okay, if they're behind the house, eat them. If they're down on the south part of the thing and you go, oh, those are nice red tomatoes, I'm going to can't. No, don't. Because a week ago I sprayed it with Roundup, okay? And yet they continued to ripen because there are just so many weeds, and I just said, I'm going to round up the whole thing. So, do not eat, for the day that you eat thereof, you may surely, you know, no, I may... you know, um, but, I mean, I just sprayed them with, with everything. I killed them all. So, you know, take your own. Um, anyway, I wanted to do the pumpkins, but we, that's a whole other story. I, we had volunteer pumpkins came up. My wife wouldn't let me do that. So, anyway. Um, so, anyway. But uh, going back to this. It's the idea of we have spent the last two weeks uh, equipping our house. Okay? And Paul said, that's your job. The job of the gifts is to equip, to mend, to fix, to bring it. It was also used of setting a bone. So, for instance, if you had a broken bone and and you were going to set that bone and get that bone back in place and then cast it, what you would have said in the Greek language is, you know, pray for us, we're going to equip the bone this week. We're going to get that bone set in the right place. So Paul said, the purpose of the gifts is to get things put together right. Okay? That's the purpose. And then he tells you, he goes on to say this um, it's to equip God's people, so it's not just, it, it, it's, it's all of us, to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. He said, the purpose is for each of us to find our gift and then use it to build up, to encourage, to help, to strengthen to put everything in order as God wants it to do, and he talks about this, and we'll continue to do it until we all come into the unity of our faith and knowledge of God's Son so that we'll be mature in the Lord, measuring the full and complete standard of Christ. He said, look, this is what God wants. His standard is for all of us to pitch in together, for all of us to take whatever gift it is, however God has gifted you, to find a place that that fits, to build up, encourage, and help, God's work until the day that either he calls you home or he comes back. That's the purpose. So not only did God save you, God said, look, I gave you a gift to be part of this thing. So that's what I want to talk about. I want to spend about 10, 15 minutes helping you to understand that. So here's what I need. I need a couple of guys near the back. There are, if you did not get one of these little things, one of these little handout things today, some of you, they stuck them in your bulletins, and some of you um, uh, just picked one up, and some of you had no clue what I'm talking about. Um, there's a little little one of these, okay? So if you've got one, I want to walk you through it real quick, and then I'm going to wrap this up at the end and, and, and make it. So, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, these guys are going to, if you just let them know, and they'll pass you one. Here's what we're going to do, okay? Here's what we're doing as a church. We talked about this as a board, and, 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 and I told them this is really where we need to be as a church, what we need to do. Um, we, are, we have set up online a test that everyone can take, okay, to find out what your gift is. So here's what it does. You're going to add, answer 108 questions, and there's only the same three answers to all of them, Okay and uh, you're going to go through and take this. You go, well, I don't do online stuff. Don't worry. We're going to get a paper version for you. It's just that's a whole lot more expensive, but we'll get you a paper version if that will help you. Um, You're going to take 108 questions. At the end of it, it's going to ask you all your information. If you want to be on their mailing list, you can say yes, and they'll email you stuff. If you say no, then we're the only ones that have it. We're doing it as a church, so what it does is it's going to give us as a church your top three gifts. It's going to tell you where you are in all the categories that we're gonna, I'm going to mention here at this morning, um, and it's going to give you a big long description of this is what your gift is, this is how God can use it. These are oper- these are things for you to look for. Blah 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 blah. It's gonna. To- it's going to give you a lot of tools and resources for you to step back and go, you know what, maybe that, maybe that is what God's doing. So you can find a place of service in the kingdom of God, in the church, wherever, to be able to work in part of that. All right. Um, this will give you a summary. This is going to give you a quick summary of the whole thing. All right? um, We're taking this, Larry Gilbert's a guy we're going to use just as a, as a thing because that, that's what this deal is tied to, this online thing that we're using. Um, but, um, anyway, here, here it is. There's anywhere, like I say, from, uh, 21, 18, 28 gifts, depending on which book you pick up and read, the one we're going to look at this morning, um, we're going to focus on 18 of them, all right, and and I'm going to go fast. So, open up to the middle part, well, I'd say the middle part, it depends on how yours was folded. There's one that says miraculous gifts, see it there? Boop, boop, Okay. We're going to put them in three categories. Miraculous gifts, enabling gifts, and team gifts. We're going to focus on team gifts, but let me explain the others so we all are on the same page. When you talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts that God gives to people, people put them in different categories. There's a whole bunch of different names and stuff like that to them. So we've grouped them this way. This guy's grouped them this way. Miraculous gifts, apostle, tongues, interpretation, miracles, and healing. Um, I believe personally, personally, that... Um, these gifts, as originally intended, um, don't exist today. I'm not saying they can't, I'm saying they don't. And, and let me walk you through why. I think these gifts were given at a specific purpose and time for a specific reason. When the church is starting, when Jesus is on the scene, when the disciples are getting started, there needs to be something to authenticate a message. These people were claiming to be from God. So there had to be something that went along with it to get people's attention, so to speak. So when Jesus heals people who have been blind from birth, he has their attention. Um, When you have people at Pentecost who don't know a language and are unlearned Greek men, and all of a sudden they're speaking all of these languages, there's something supernatural about that. And there's something in which it got people's attention. I think once the Bible becomes the Bible... Um, I think once the Holy Spirit permanently indwells, that there's not a reason now to authenticate that message. For instance, uh, um, tongues. And and again, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying this is personal. This is kind of church position deal on it. See, to me, I would love to believe in in the tongue thing so that I don't have to send a missionary with New Tribes Mission to study a language for five or six or eight years in an unknown language in order to be able to walk in and share the gospel. And I'm going, man, if that's a gift that God gives, that would be the place to give it. Doesn't that make a lot of sense to you and to me? Um, Now, I'm not saying it could never happen, but I'm saying as a normal mode of operation, no, I I, I don't see that. Okay, have good, godly people who disagree with me here. We're good. We can still be friends. All right? All right. Just make sure I understand what you're saying and you understand what I'm saying, okay, Um, when we talk to each other, all right? Um, Miracles. Again, do I believe in miracles? Yes. I believe every one of us that's saved is a miracle, okay? Um, Do I believe in the gift of miracles as far as people doing miracles? Healing. Do I believe in healing? You bet I do. Do I pray for healing? You bet I do. Do I believe in the gift of healing? In the way sometimes that it's abused in our Christian circles? No. You know. I had somebody call me a number of years ago and said, hey, we got a healing guy coming into town. Will your church support it? And I said, let me ask something. I said, This guy really genuinely have the gift of healing. Oh yeah, he's got the gift of healing. I said, great. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll meet him at the hospital and we'll just go room to room. Oh no no! We want to know when you come to the big campaign? I got a problem here. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So so for me that I mean that's where we're coming from. Okay. I'm not I'm not dishing. I'm just saying this is how I see it from a biblical perspective. I see these miracles as having a specific purpose at a specific time in order to accomplish God's purposes. Could they happen today? Yes, but they better meet those kind of requirements where there's a specific reason, a specific purpose, blah, 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 blah. Make sense? Okay. Enabling gifts. These are gifts that um, I do believe exist today, um, and and we're not going to focus on them so fast, but again, not in the issue that they're abused. Um, Faith. Do I think that there are people that have an incredible amount of faith and confidence in God in certain situations and circumstances that I think is beyond normal? Yes, I do. Um, do I think that, that, that um, discernment, that there are people that God has gifted with discernment who you can give them a very complicated situation and they can zero right into, yes, I do. Um, do you see people that, that have a gift of wisdom? Yes, I have some of them on my team in my corner who when I'm up against situations, I call and say, look, I know, you know, I think God has given you an unusual amount of wisdom and, and, and I'm asking for your advice here. Um, knowledge do, do, do I think the same way do I think that there are people out there who have an incredible amount of knowledge that is a gift of God yes I do do I think that somebody can come along and go I have a word of knowledge which is something God hasn't shared for 4,000 years with people but I have a special connection to God and God has given that to me to give to you I, I struggle with that I struggle with that um, because the danger to me to that is, you can start adding a lot of stuff, and that makes me really, really nervous. You know, if I came in here and say, you know, God's given me a word of knowledge here, and, and this is what you need to do, I know, you know, nobody else in history knows about this, you know, for two thousand years, but God shared it with me last week. Boy, I mean, I, you know, I think I struggled with that. Okay, so, so, but those are gifts. I think there are gifts that, again, as long as we don't take them to the extreme. The gifts that this thing is going to test are the ones that are on the next thing, the team gifts. Okay? Um, and I want to walk through them just so you know because I think these are gifts that God gives. I think these are gifted areas. I think there are people in this building right now who are gifted. I know there are people who are gifted in at least one of them. Everyone sitting here that's a Christian is gifted in at, at least one of the areas on this, this whole thing. All right? um, We're going to focus on the nine that are here. Evangelism. Very simply this. There are some of you here you have such a burden when you see somebody the first question you ask in your head is are they going to heaven do they have a faith and trust in jesus christ i mean that is that is a thing that just drives you and when you see a human being when you see another set of eyeballs you're wondering i wonder what their spiritual condition is um we all need to be burdened for people but there are some people that are gifted in such a way that that is their all-consuming passion in fact they would, get, they would struggle a little bit with the way we do church here. You know why? Because they think the church should be more evangelistic. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you, you, you see that. I'm glad you. that's your passion. That's your giftedness. Okay? That's what God is. That's, that's a wire. You need to figure out how to use that in the kingdom. Okay? Um, for some of you, it's prophecy. Prophecy is the idea of boldly and fearlessly proclaiming God's truth. Some of you have no problem at all looking at somebody and going, the Bible says this, that's what you should do. And some of you, you can't do that. You know why you can't do that? Because you're so sensitive about how somebody interprets something and how they see you, and you just like, I can't do that. It just doesn't come. Because there's some people who are gifted with that idea of boldly talking about um, the truth of God's word, um, teaching. Uh, some of you have an ability to take complex things and make them very simple. Um, that's a gift. You need to say that's a giftedness to be able to um, teach people, whether that be as a, as, a, as a school teacher or whether that be in, in, in other areas. You have that ability. You have that gift. Um, exhortation. Some of you are so good at encouraging people. I mean, when you see somebody, the first thing that pops into your head is, what can I do to help that person? Or you see somebody come in here and they're a little down. You spend the entire service trying to figure out what you can do to bring them up a little bit this week. Some of you, you naturally think, I, 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 you're like my mom, okay? Where, honestly, Hallmark should be in your, in your stock portfolio. Because you're the one that keeps them in business. Okay. Honestly, I have to buy a card. I I actually have to look at the stamp on the back of the card to make sure it says Hallmark, if I'm sending it to my mom. Okay? I mean, she just lives at the Hallmark store, you know. You know, I mean, you know, and again, that's her thing. She just, she's so concerned about encouraging and uplifting people, Um, shepherding. It's the idea of overseeing people. Some of you, you have this ability to want to take care of a group, Um, whether it be maybe as a coach where you love coaching because you get to help this whole group of people. Um, and you're wired that way. Um, you're wired to think in terms of how does this impact our, uh, the whole group. Okay? Um, mercy. Oh, you are my heroes. Because this one, God just skipped when it came to me. Um, identifying, confronting those. I, I, you have this. This uncanny gift to no matter what the situation is to find a way to go, I empathize with you. I hurt like you hurt. I, um, I if I could step in your shoes, I would. And, and, and let me tell you something, that is a gift. That is a gift. Um, that when you hear about something that's the way you think that's the way you're geared Um, some of you serving you know what you don't want to be up here in fact you're just happy to do your little thing and nobody ever know that that's what you do you have a gift of serving so you will come in and you will do stuff or you will be involved in a ministry and it doesn't matter to you what that role is in fact probably the less public it is the more comfortable you are because you just have this servant's heart to pitch in and help and do whatever you can, whenever you can. That's, that's the way, that is a gift. God has wired you that way. Um, some of you giving, some of you financially or, or materially, God has blessed you. And so your idea is, um, you know, when you hear of something, the first thing you think of is, how can I give something that I have, some resource I have to help that person? If it's financial, fine. If it's this or if it's that or that. I mean, you're just geared that way. It's like, you know, the, the, I'm not giving to get anything. I'm just giving because I've been given so much and I can share it. And, and the first time, every time you hear of a need, the first thing you think of is, is there anything I can give to, to meet that need? Um, and, and that's a gift. God has wired you. God has, God has given that to you. And some of you in you are so good at organizing stuff. Um, you see things that other people don't see, I I don't want to embarrass the person, so I'm not going to mention her name, but I had somebody come up to me and they go, is it okay that I moved the banner to the other side of the platform? I went, I didn't notice, it got moved. You know, I said, why? They said, it looked off perspective. If it is up to me, in fact, I already had somebody confront me this morning and go, is all that pile of paper supposed to be up on the platform? Yes, it is. Uh, it is. Because why? Because that's how they think. That's how they see. That's how God's wired them. Okay? That's what God's done. And look, when God saved you, He has a place for you in His big kingdom. And He gave you at least one gift to plug into that place. At least one. Your job and my job as a believer it's to do that. That's why we want you to use this tool. Okay? If you've got another tool that will do it for you, awesome. You know, there's all kinds of books on it. If you want to go read the big book and do it, awesome. You know, some of you are like, 108 questions. That will take me like three days. Yeah. Honestly, you're just thinking way too hard. You know, just do your gut. You know, first gut response. Boop, 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 boop. done. Next page. Okay? the hardest thing is filling out all the stuff at the end about name, address, dah, 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 you know, email. They, you set up a password, you set up a password so that you can go back in and look at it or retake it. Some of you go, well, I know what my gifts are. Can I encourage you to do this? Take it anyway. Because here's what I think, and here's what I've experienced. As your journey in, in your Christian walk goes and your life circumstances, your life experiences, I think, in some ways, there are times that you're given different gifts for different seasons in life, and uh, I was kind of surprised because I retook it this week, um, and it was like, okay, I can see that now. I've never shown up ten years ago, but where I am now in the season of life, that it is what I I needed to to, to focus on and, and ways to use it, and then that's what we want to do. We want to give you a tool to do that. We will get a paper version for those of you who are who are Luddites and um, don't want anything to do with computers. Um, we will get you that, okay? Uh, we will get you one of those so you can fill it out and it's just a long... It's just... you got to... Anyway, we, we've done it in the past with that and now there's computers so it's online so it's a little bit easier. Um, so you can... If some of you, by the way, if you find that you go to take the... You've already taken it recently, you just put in our code and then we'll have a, because here's our goal. Our goal as a church is this. Our goal is to help you find places to be able to use it. Okay? That's our goal. So, I want to wrap it up with two things. Here's my challenge to you this morning to, as believers. Here's number one challenge. Know what your gift is. God gave it to you, so know it. Figure it out. Do what you have to do to figure out what gift God has given you. How has God gifted you? Okay, that's number one. Number two, use it. God didn't give it to you to waste. God gave it to you to be a part of a bigger kingdom. Okay, Um, so let me, I'm going to skip, go to the pictures, go to the first picture, I think, that's on there. find it, yeah, okay. This was October of 2016, this was two years ago. Okay. This is the building we're sitting in right now, by the way. Um, all of this stuff up here, you know what this is? This is what we got from the company. Oh, there four sheets. And they weren't, by the way, they weren't this big. We blew them up because we're old. Um, here's what we would do. And if some of you got, came in, you saw these. We'd lay them out on table. These are the plans... Yeah, these are the plans for the building because it came in a great big pile. And then they told us, they said, okay, we had to figure these out. Okay. So let's see. This is, uh, yeah, this is the wall. These are the plans for the wall. And every piece of steel was stamped with a number on it. So this is like, uh, let's see, G4. This is the north wall. So that's this wall. Okay, so the beam running across right here, that is E1. And then there's one that runs about seven feet, that's G4. And this one right here, this is X1 over here, okay? See, when we ordered the building, they gave us these plans. And they say, this is how it all goes together, okay? And we put some stuff up wrong, and we had to take it back down and redo it, okay? Because we misinterpreted the plans, Um. So we had to do this for all of the pieces that came together. The, 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 see this? Okay, so this is east wall. Which side is that? That's that one. Okay. So on that back wall, G3 runs across there. Um, and there's actually two G3s, so they're the same ones. And then G, two G2s up on the corner. So this, These are plants. Okay? These are the plans for it. Every piece was stamped. It had a metal tag on it. And it had a a little sticker on it, which told us where everything went. Because, see, when they built, when they designed this thing for us, everything had a place in in, in the building. Now, for those of you who don't know anything about me, you should know this. I have one speed, and it is not slow. So, when we were up here working, once in a while, they would allow me the keys to the Bobcat. Yeah, exactly. Um, in fact, the guy said, we always knew when PJ was in it because you could just listen to the motor and it was wide open. Okay? So here was the result of my, go to the next slide, my uh, ability. I ran over this piece of steel uh, with a bobcat, because it got in the way. And so <laughs> <clears throat> I ran over it And here was my opinion. Here's my idea. It's a little piece of steel. It's not that big a deal. Well, what I didn't understand was that that piece of steel only fit in one. Actually, I think there were two of these, two or four of them. It actually went into the corner of the soffit. And it was designed and built, and holes were drilled in certain places. For that particular piece of steel, and now that I had run over it, everything didn't line up anymore. So, my attitude is, it's no big deal. It's just a mangled little piece of steel. We can get along without it. It's not that big a deal. What I came to find out was, if we were going to have a soffit on the building, we had to have that piece. And it was one of the last pieces we put on, by the way, because the soffit was one of the last things that we did. And I think, who was it? Was it, was it you, Lynn? It, it was a couple of guys spent a, a good hour or two trying to get this thing all squared away and straightened out as best as they could. And it sits on that corner of the soffit. That's where it, it actually goes. We had to work at it to make it work and make it fit. Okay? Um, here's my point. I didn't think it was that big a deal. But the building wasn't going to finish until we got that place where it belonged. Because that was part of the plan. Some of you have become Christians, and you don't think you're that big a piece. Because, I mean, let's face it, we put up a whole lot bigger pieces than this. This whole piece is only like this long. That's it. It was one of the smallest metal pieces we had. And it was only bent a little bit. It could have been worse. Um, But it was bad. But you know what? When they sent the building, they didn't send the building to say, here's a bunch of extra pieces just in case you have a guy that's a maniac with a bobcat. Every piece was designed to go in a special place and it had a unique purpose. And until we got this piece in, we couldn't complete the building. When you have the idea that you're not important in the kingdom of God, that you're not as important as the big long pieces, you miss something. God said, no, you don't understand. I saved you. And I gave you a gift because you have a unique niche and place in my kingdom for me to accomplish something in and through your life. And if you don't fit in and find out where you fit. The best laid plans that God has for his kingdom end up being not finished. Because you have decided You're not important enough. Just like I decided we didn't need that little piece until we were trying to finish the building. And I started to realize, you know what? We do need that piece. Let's go fix that piece so that we can use that piece so we can put it where it's supposed to go so that the building can get finished and we can meet in here. It was up to me you would have driven up this morning and there would have been a great big gap in the side of the soffit right out here because I didn't think we needed a peace. And this winter it would have been a problem and every time it rained it would be a problem and every time a wind blew it would be a problem. Why? Because I didn't think it was that important. But it was. You may not think you're that important in the kingdom of God. So by the way, I didn't even talk about all the bolts. Can you imagine me coming in here going, hey guys, once you know we got the building finished? They sent us like 20,000, 30,000 bolts. We only needed like 30 of them. Everybody's got a place. He saved you, and He gave you a gift to fit into what He's trying to accomplish through his, in His kingdom, in His church. I beg you. Know what that gift is and find a way that it fits in what God wants to do in and through your life. And you will start to find what I have found. That when God starts to use you and you start to see God influence, allow you to be used and fit. It is such an incredible thing to be a part of that and to be part of that journey. So I end this morning with this. As As we look at these couple of verses... When God saved you, he gifted you. He has a place in the body that's specifically designed for you to fill. It is your job to discover that and allow God to use you. Because I guarantee you, he will do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ask or think. Just let him use you. Let's pray. Lord, help us. God, sometimes it's so easy to focus on the stuff that uh, is big and impressive and overwhelming sometimes. Lord, every one of us has got a place. Just like our body, Lord, there are things that we pay attention to and there are little insignificant things that we don't pay attention to. But Lord, when something is out of joint... Or when something is cut or when something is hurt, Lord, it impacts all of us. So, Lord, may we as a group of believers grow. May you find, may you help us to find the place that you have for us. And may you use us, Lord, to do something far beyond what we could think. To build something far greater, Lord, than we ever imagined. And when it is all said and done, Lord, and there comes a day that we have all gathered in eternity around your throne together, may we be able to look back and praise you for using us in whatever way possible. These things we ask in your name. Amen.